his music is so simpleton that I use it in my 101 music production class <laughs> to teach people who know nothing about music yeah. and have no skill at making music on a computer. Yeah. And I shit you not, in in a matter of minutes, I've broken his song down, and they're following along, and they know, wow. okay, this song only has three notes, and it only has these elements going on, and I'm taking things off of my computer that's just stock in my production computer at, at the school, <laughs> and I'm making... It comes to your library. Song. It comes to your Pro Tools library. No, it's just, it's just like it's so simple. Right, right. It's literally my. I hear my three year old play melodies oh. like that accidentally all the time. <laughs> accidentally all the time. Wake the fuck up. Wake the fuck up, everybody wake the fuck up From the city to the burbs, every street, every curb You can block what you heard, that's the cure Wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up Wake the fuck up, everybody wake the fuck up From the city to the burbs, every street, every curb You can block what you heard, that's the cure Wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up Wake the fuck up, everybody wake the fuck up Yeah. So what you think? That was tight, man. Th- that was, thumbs up. That, that, was a, that was a great radio intro. You know, like there's a they got people don't get that there's certain things that have to happen in an intro to a radio show. It has to have energy. It's got to be quick. It's got to you know boom, bam, boom. You know, and you know that's it's a part of it's a different aspect when you're you're sitting down to make an intro for something. So when we first started, we started at the homies garage. Okay. And there was a. Uh, See, and it was all bootleg back. Then. It was literally one mic in the middle, and we were we were conversate, and then mm-hmm. the mic would pick us up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. now we you know we're doing this. But uh, so what what we used before was premieres, um, a premiere track instrumental. Okay. And everyone was like, "Oh yeah, that's the shit." I'm like, "Yeah, but we're gonna get sued like 20 minutes into this, bro. Like, we gotta start finding some new stuff." Then the studio heard the show, they picked us up, and then they're like, look, we want to give you a brand new intro, our gift to the show, whatever. Yeah. And they came out, and I'm like, dude, you hit it out the park straight out, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was nice, man, because they had OCs, you know, a little sample playing in the background, and, you know, whoever's doing the the vocals had energy, and it was really, you know, it was dope, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That's good So, welcome back to the show. Man, I'm excited. We've We've gone through a lot of stuff, a lot of changes in the last couple months. And they all finally took effect, I'd say, about maybe three days ago when everything really just hit the fan. Okay. And everyone's like, we're splitting, we're leaving, I'm not going to be here no more, you wow. got to take care of the studio if you want it, if you're not, I'm out. The, uh, we had an owner, he split on us, almost oh, wow. like overnight. So we're all scrambling, all the artists, you know, everyone jumped ship, they're like, I don't want to go. Okay. I, and then, so then the owner, the other owner was like, don't go, stay, we'll work it out, you will build a show from scratch around you, let's, let's network, let's stay together, right? Um, and it was really hard for me to to see a future in a place that was already left, like literally scrapped. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, we'll make it work. We'll make it happen. And, and they came through, you know. So uh, I'm delivering on our half of the promise and we're going to stay and we're going to make it happen. Um, That's great, man. Well, I'm glad you worked it out. You know what it is? I This show has done a lot. Well, definitely for my career and 
for everyone involved than I ever imagined it. Like I know I knew the show was gonna be successful. I just didn't know what that would come with, right? I've today, today I'm gonna cross off the fourth person off of my wish list when nice. I created the show. Wow. Right? Rocker has been here. All right. Master Ace has been here. Yeah. Ari the Rugged Man. Okay. And DJ Revolution. All right. right? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm in here. <laughs> uh, and and to me, it, it was like, whoa, man, one day, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, this is going to happen. I know right. it has to. And it started with the homie. It started with my, you know, we're all MC, so we're like, I'll just interview you, and then you interview me back, and then we'll have the homies come in, and we'll build, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and it caught fire. Everyone's like, yeah, and we've only been around less, we've been around less than a year, and we've already been able to achieve these things, I think, because it's something that hip-hop was thirsty for. Mm. So it's a it's a one-on-one conversation with the artists, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, shows, uh, YouTube videos are amazing. They're great. Awesome. Awesome interviews. 15 minutes to knock it out the park. What are you doing? Where you been? What do you got coming out? Okay, let's go. Right. Here is, let's talk. Right. Or, you know, who are you as a man? Who are you as a wife? Who are yeah. you as an artist, as a teacher, as, you know, oh, you know, I got, I'm pregnant. You know, we had artists in here that she was just pregnant. Like, this, this stuff, it's important for people to realize that hip-hop is more than just drugs and drinking and blah, 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 blah. And then what's presented to you, we're young, smart, intelligent people with a dream and we want to build and we want to grow and mm-hmm. we have ambitions and all that stuff. And I think that the scene really picked up on that, you know? Um, and then the veterans, like yourself, Picked up on the fact that, hey, you know, what's this kid doing over here? And why does he keep bugging me on Twitter? Like, what, what's what's happening, you know? Uh, oh, that's great, man. I mean, you, you, you got to you gotta have that drive and, and those ambitions, man, to, to get where you want to go. Shit, you can't just be, you know, bugging somebody on Twitter. That's not the whole part of it, you know? There's a connection there, you know? And, um, you know, Ace hit me up and was like, yo, this was a great show. You need to, you know, hook this up, man. He's, you'll have a great time and, you know, be great. And so that's all it really was. It's not, it wasn't like a, a situation where somebody was like, yo, this guy's, you know, he's on my ass. He's, right. he's really bugging me. It was like, <laughs> yo. Ace is my man, you know? Like so like he hit me up and it was like that's a done deal. And I'm gonna ask you respectfully the same thing that I've asked these people that have been on the show. So you, Planet Asia, Rocco, why would you agree to do in basically unknown outlet? right now in your stage of your career? Because, man, that's, that's an easy question to answer, man, because I feel like at my stage of my career, you know, um, I've done a lot of things and been a lot of places and had a lot of opportunities, but I never forget when I didn't have those opportunities, when people weren't asking me for interviews, you know, when I was somebody that wanted to get interviewed. I had a lot to say, but nobody wanted to hear it. You know, um, I'm a DJ. I speak with my hands, you know, so um, I... The, the chance to actually use words to express my thoughts is a, is a good opportunity for me because I speak well and I can communicate well. So, you know, it's and when people ask me to give my opinion on something, I'm happy to do it because they're happy to ask me. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody wants to hear what I got to say. I'm definitely I'm with that. You know right. what I'm saying? So I, I would never feel like. You know, ah oh man, I'm I don't I'm done doing interviews. I'm over that shit. You know, like right. I, I man, all the questions have been asked. They've all been answered. You want to know something? Look it up. You know, that's people change, man. The interview I gave ten years ago to somebody is definitely not the one I'm going to give today. Right. And five years from now, you know what I'm saying? I've grown, I'm matured, I'm wiser, older, seen a lot of things, done a lot of new things. You know, started a family. So you know, things are are different for me now. So I always feel like I have more light to shed, you know? So I'm doing a lot of things in order to give knowledge back to people because I've acquired a lot in my travel, right. you know? Which so. is exactly why we want to have people of that caliber here. 
Because yes, the show is mostly in it, and it's included for, it's meant for independent coming up artists mm-hmm. of the scene. So we've had those unknown, yes, but I'm dropping and their, their videos are doing good, their hits are doing good, they're very talented. So we've been really blessed to be able to sit with people that, you know, I mean, you yourself got to know that you have a certain legendary standard in hip hop. I mean, it's, I, I, it is what it is, man. It's, it's, I think once a person starts to really think hard and uh, estimate their value in the marketplace and their worth in the marketplace, it gets a little tricky, you know, and, and like, and know that there's, of course, you know, Ali, you're definitely a dude that it, uh, alone on the people that you've worked with, there's just basically everybody, right? That, that what you've contributed to the scene was way more important than having sold 5 million records. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, and, and I know what I've contributed. There's no question about that. I stand on that. That's the only thing that I can stand on because I can't stand on 5 million records sold. You know, um, I can, you know, stand on 5 million records played. I definitely played 5 million records in my time, you know, or played a record 5 million times. Um, you know, but I, I really feel like, you know, I do... And that's why I keep doing things to add to my list of contributions because that's all I can do, you know. And I feel also that why wouldn't I look at it that way and do an interview um, and, you know, answer questions or go to this, do, do this gig for free or do this gig at the, at the cut rate or whatever because I feel like, you know, this is something, this culture and this art form and this music – has given me a life, you know, it's given me a lifestyle. It's it's enabled me to learn things that I would never have a chance to learn in doing anything else, you know. I could have a, I'm, you know, I'm a smart person. I could do anything else if I applied myself, you know, or I could have, you know. I chose to do this, and it's given me what I have. I have to give it, I have to give back, you know what I'm saying? I have to. There's no question about it. There's, you know, I teach at a DJ school, you know, um, you know, I do lectures all over the world, man. You know, Red Bull Music Academy, all of that shit. Because I feel like this, these resources weren't around for me. I learned the hard way. I came up in parties and clubs and project, you know, community hall, house parties and shit like that. I mean, I, you know, I learned the traditional way on my own. Because there weren't, you know, Jazzy Jeff wasn't hanging out at a school I could go learn DJing from. You know, imagine that. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine you had that kind of resource. Now so that's provided, you know, of course it's provided at a, at a price as it should be. But I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stand a, a lot of, I don't know, man. This is, I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And because people don't do that is why I asked that question. Yeah. Because I feel that it's a generational thing, to be honest with you. I think that that mentality is, Brought it's embedded in a certain generation of hip hop, you know, not in the current as much. There's dudes that are happening now have been more than happy to come on the show and they didn't charge me and I didn't charge them and they came and they we cooked we talked and it was good. But a lot of them are like, well, dog, you know, I'm gonna need like two hundred bucks to come through, bro. Or you know what? Not even the money is not even the factor. The fact that they feel they need to be compensated to talk. Mm, that's insane to me. Is which the same thing the mass A said was like, dude, I'm just just talking, bro. Like, yeah. why would I charge you to talk? And it, it was so amazing for me to just have for him to have that simple mentality of just like, you're talking, bro. Like, there's no work being up. This is my day off. 
he came on as they are. <clears throat> right, exactly. And that's the type of the dude that Ace is. And, you know, these are the type of people that I connect with, people that I surround myself with that are in my circles, you know, that we're like-minded in that way, you know, because any opportunity we can have to give somebody a jewel that might lead them down a certain road to success or open a door or whatever it is, and then there's another contribution, you know, there's 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 another way I can yeah. feel like, okay, cool, well, I'm not getting paid as much as I should, right. but yo, I mean, I just sent, you know, this dude down the road a little further, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like it's not really a generation thing. Um, it happens in every generation where you get the people that want to give and the people that want to oh, hold, yeah. you know? And the people that want to hold, man, they're, they far outnumber the people that want to give, right. you know? That's um, why we are where we are now. Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, there's people in my generation and younger, much younger. You know, if, you're, if we're talking about 18, 19, 20, you don't know shit anyway, you know? So you, you have to learn how to give. <laughs> You have to you have to learn that. That's an acquired skill to give, you know, to to give something that you've you you're holding. You got you're gonna give that away. And, and so the, the whole premise of the show was a everyone takes from hip hop. Everyone takes. Very few people give back. I've always I've always told people that it's like a bank, you know, and everyone for the last thirty years has been making withdrawals. And when you start making more withdrawals than deposits, you run out of money. You run out of resources. You're done. And you can't come back from that. When your account says zero, you got to start making deposits or you're never going to climb back from that. And that's what happened. I feel like everyone's like, take, 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 withdraw, withdraw. I need money. I need money. Give me that money. This is all about money. And then when you realize, oh, shit. Man, we can't really make any more money because no one's paying for it. It's all for free. Oh, where's the where's that fund? Where's that fund that I can fall back on? There's nothing there because nobody wanted to give. Nobody wanted to say, Yo, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this. I'm going to do this for this person." I'm going and so it's a lot of it has to do with fear. You know, when you ask somebody, "Yo, come by my show. We're going to talk about something." These people might not want to talk for a number of reasons. And they don't want people to know what those reasons are. You know, they might not be well-spoken enough to present themselves in that manner. And they don't want people finding that out. They might wrap their ass off, but they can't construct a real sentence to save their life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, and it's, it has been the case where people present themselves in a manner. So I'm like, okay, cool. I, man, a conversation with this dude would be amazing. Let me call him up. And for some reason or whatever, and, and I, I, I'm thinking that that's what it is, is they're not them offside the mic. So off the mic, completely different person than who they are on the mic, and they don't want their public to know that, to right. realize that's that. That's what I'm saying. And I feel like when you ask somebody um, to, you know, or, or you look at somebody and say, why are they, they making contributions? It's either they're afraid to give up what they're holding, or they just can't make any contributions because they got nothing to contribute. You know, like what are the all like? Let's just take my DJ peers. You know, people that are actually out there working in the field that I'm. That this is my job. This is what I do. They're my peers, whether I like it or not. You know, we're all at different levels financially, skill. You know, whatever it is, there's a million different variables you can throw into the situation. But in the end, we're all supposed to be DJs. You don't have to be a hip hop DJ. You could be, you know, dubstep DJ, whatever type of EDM you're listening to. That's all good. You're still a DJ. But when you're asked to come, 
You're asked to come to the front and explain what it is you do. Explain yourself. Explain your choices. Give your opinions. Nobody wants to have that on the front line. Nobody wants anyone to know anything real about these guys because nine times out of ten, they have no skill. They're pretty boring. They don't really care about the music that they're playing or making. They're just in it for the dough. And so they stay behind this curtain. They don't. They keep this mask on. But why do you think people DJ with masks on their head? You know, or they, they you know, they, they put on this crazy persona where they're like this crazy, energetic, fist-pumping maniac on stage with these lights and all this shit. When they're really, they're just a chilled-out dude smoking weed in the back. Like, you know, like, it's, it's a whole complete different person. So when you ask people to get real... It gets funny a lot of times, you know, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, I mean, this is the world we live in, you know, um, but contribution is the only thing that I have. Right. You know? And so when did it become obvious to you that the, the contributions needed to be made? And do you remember like when you said, okay, this is for that sake? Yeah, I can remember, uh, well, I can remember one moment, you know, or a series of moments where every time I would go out, um, you know, hanging out in clubs and parties and shit with DJ friends, people that really know about like goodness, the goodness of it, you know, the culture. You could go to a party and be assured that the DJ was going to be dope, play some good music, whether even it's even a commercial club. You, you go to that club for that type of music. I don't want to hear Wu-Tang if I'm going to a Hollywood club and there's, you know, uh, 700 hot ass women in there because they're not going to dance to it. I want to hear what's going to make them dance, but I want to hear it played skillfully. I want to see it done right and presented in the right way. Time and place. Right. That's another part of it. So, you know, it got to a point where I couldn't even do that anymore. There was no, every DJ was whack. I go everywhere. It was terrible. You know, everything was subpar and they're all claiming to be killing it. They're killing it all over Twitter. They're killing it all over Facebook. But everywhere I went, I just had nothing but depressing conversations with my DJ friends. I would have these... You know, these moments were like, damn, what what the fuck am I even doing this for, man? Like, I worked 25 years in my life to attain this level of skill that is absolute mastery. And I'm standing with a bunch of people that, you know, at at that level, man, you, you are unrecognizably, you know, more skilled than the next person. For what? Why did I do that, you know? So... That's where one of those things click where I'm like, I can't have these conversations anymore. Uh, this, is I, has to, this has to stop. Right. I can't have these conversations anymore. I have to uh, stop complaining about it and, and stop talking about it to people. Because everywhere I went, it, just, it had something to do where it was, it was affecting my mood, my general state of mind. It was all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like everywhere I looked, it was it was everywhere. So I'm like, yo, this is really this is depressing, man. It was pretty dark for a minute. Um, you know, some might say I take it a little too serious, but but this is my job. This is what I do every day of my life. So if I don't take that serious, then what am I gonna take serious? Long story short, let's cut it here. I I came to the realization that I can't complain about it anymore. I gotta do something about it. So that's when I went to start teaching at Scratch Academy. And if I can't be, if I if if I'm not doing that, I'm part of the problem, you know. I'm I'm just sitting there letting it happen, like I'm just okaying it. I'm stamping it, like yeah, okay, cool. All these whack DJs, you know, ruining the image of something that I helped build along with peers and the people before me, you know, who carried a torch properly. I'm just sitting there on my ass, taking money, like you said, taking, taking, taking. All these other guys are just taking. 
So, you know, when I came to the decision, like, man, I got to do something. What can I do? You know, I know everybody at Scratch Academy. You know, I know the people that started it. You know, the, the I know that I knew the dude who founded it. And it's like, you know, I know everyone who ran it here in L.A. And I was like, that was a perfect way for me to do something about it directly. Help teach the next generation of DJs directly. Right. Hands-on experience. Whatever level that is, whatever situation works out, is going to be good because I'm at least at peace with that now. I can stop going around saying, oh, this is that bullshit, like an old grumpy man, and saying, I'm in there, I'm, I'm in there trying to help. Right. So I'm in there trying if, to do something. Like, what are you, you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, okay, we're going to have this conversation, but what are you doing, DJ XYZ? Yeah. You're doing nothing. Yeah. You don't so want to, even, you know, even if those, those that you teach never book a show or never, at least you attempted to contribute. And they know now the, the true value of the art because it is an art and they understand they come in the door with one thing in their mind i want to be a dj i want to be dead mouse i want to be avici i want to be you know jazzy jeff whoever i want to be whatever some people come in there trying to trying to be me you know and that's cool but they realize like after a while this is not easy this is not a game. This is not something where you can just come in and like, you know, it's like any other school. You realize I want to be I want to be on Master Chef. You think you're going to take a 6-week course yeah. a few times and then be Master Chef? And Hell when no. Yeah, like Never. You, you're going to get on the TV as some well-known acclaimed chef? No. It takes skill. It looks easy. That's cuz they're masters and they make it look easy. So, you know, uh, that's it for me like now even at the end like you said if they don't ever get booked it doesn't matter because they know when they leave there they're like oh shit man I, this isn't for me because i it's going to require actual work right, right you know and now they know and they leave it alone so there's one less whack-ass dj that would be in the world Whoa. i stopped them. So i'm the last way. either way i'm, I'm a front line Damn. you got to cross my line now yeah you know so you if you want to graduate that program you got to graduate seeing me and my other instructors you know mr chalk works there with me my man hopper is over there with me and these are guys that have obviously i don't need to say anything about mr chalk right. you know but the, you know my, my man hopper who used to be the director over there he's you know he's got almost 20 years in as well so you know these are not people that take this lightly you know so at least there's that and yeah. i've become a lot more um at peace with the state of what it is. <laughs> I can tell it's a release know, for you. It well, was, man, well, big time. Just having sat here with you with like the last 15 minutes we're talking or whatever, I can see and I can and I can definitely picture them not just getting, oh, here's how you scratch like this. And here's how you, no. There's like, I'm, I'm sure there's, you're, you're giving like, uh, uh, lectures, right? As you're continuing to go through? Well, there's courses, you know, like you start with, it's like any other school, 101, 202, 303, 404, whatever, in advance, and then you can take a scratching class, advanced scratching. I teach a music production class over there. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we teach you how to scratch, but that's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I mean, but like the lectures of like, uh, your experience oh, absolutely, and, man. and your knowledge absolutely. that you've gained. There's no, that's it. That's again, if I can't give that back to people and let them benefit from it, then, you know, what was the point of me even doing it? Just, I'm just holding it in my head as some supreme memory. Like, wow, that was amazing. Remember when I did that show? That was great. I'm just talking <laughs> to, to myself, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm just an old crazy man at that point. Right, right, right. So, okay. How, okay. So now I got to go to something closer to my heart is, how how is that applied towards MCs? You think? 
Um, your knowledge and your experiences. In, in what way? That, that's what I'm asking. Like, how would an MC learn from a DJ revolution? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, well, they can learn because, like, without me, there there really is no outlet for you. You know, so um, if I'm you basically, know, yeah, you... you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Now, so. okay, let, I mean, we can go down a long road here, you know, and and um, you know, so many artists, uh, you know, got their start because of a DJ, right? Whether it's one, you know, like look at look at Biggie, he got started with a DJ. You know what I'm saying? Like Mr. C was th- that dude for Biggie. You know, how many people did DJ Premier start? How many people were hanging around a premiere studio that learned so much just in that brief amount of time about how to lay down vocals, how to be in the booth, proper etiquette when you're in the studio, how to take produ- uh, producers' feedback, you know, like things like that. He's a DJ. Premier was a DJ, you know, yeah. long before he was a producer, you know. Same thing with Molly Maul, Pete Rock, all of these guys. These are pros, you know. Um, now, they've kind of separated in the last 10, 15 years as, you know, um, DJs aren't really producers and producers really aren't DJs. And then they refused in other cultures and other genres of music. Right. But if you're an MC, you learn from a DJ because you learn how he plays the records when he's out at a party. What records he chooses to play with, uh, play on the radio, you know, um, what that that DJ likes, what kind of, man, If I, I really love Rev as a DJ, man. I, one day I'm going to make a record that he's going to like. Mm. And you know what? I know what other motherfuckers like or I wouldn't be a DJ. So you want to make a record that Rev likes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's your goal as a hip hop artist and a hip hop DJ to make a record that I like because I've built a, a brand and I've built a following of people that respect what I like and will buy what I like because I'm a DJ. They don't know you from a hole in the wall. You're you're just a rapper. There's a million rappers, just like there's a million DJs, but there's only one DJ Revolution. Right. You know, so and there's only one DJ XYZ at this position that's going to play. I want to make record that make records that other DJs like. Right. You know, yeah. that's that's what an MC should learn from from a DJ is that like we're the conduit you know, we're the outlet, you know, and, and I think a lot of MCs and artists, not just MCs, art, all artists, you know, graphic artists included, you know, uh, graffiti artists, they've, they've, they've separated themselves from DJing and DJing is what hip hop really is. It's, it's, it was all about the DJ. Right. You know, I mean, I, I feel it is definitely to this day, as much as some crews and some outlets try to push it to be the forefront right it is an unspoken unglorified element of hip-hop to this day because dj revolution talks with his hands so there's no yeah you you, you talk to us but, but there's no not no, no one knows well that, here's you know, the thing like, let, let me stop you man I feel like it's overglorified and overspoken. And when someone speaks with their hands, no one even speaks that language anymore, so no one can understand you. Mm. So that's out the, to me. That's out the door. You know, um, the the chosen few. It's like an ancient, uh, it's like ancient cuneiform or something, a language that only an, a linguist would understand. You know, um, a chosen few really get what I do when I really go to town. 
unless you know I'm choosing to make it a little bit more accessible, like in a nightclub, right? You know, um, but what we're talking about, man, is going uh, right. Even right now, is going way over most people's heads. They don't even think that much into it, you know. So I feel like. The DJ is oh, the reason that the, the uh, EDM DJs are so big is because hip hop DJs got that big and then got burnt out. Yeah. So it was on to the next. They got exploited. It's always it's the same as any other music f- form. It's like okay, eighties it was you know heavy metal or ha- rock hair bands. Boom, let's burn through that. And then you know it became like you know New Jack. Let's burn through that. And like all these R and B artists, let's burn through that. Then it was golden era for hip hop. Okay, that let's blow that up to its maximum potential suck all the money and the life out of it boom on to the next okay what's left well there's nothing left in hip-hop oh there's separate elements let's take the producer we'll make him a star let's make the dj a star now the only thing that's left is rappers and the problem is is that you know rappers don't really fuck with djs like they used to Mm -hmm. djs djs used to be the guy that would hand the a and r guy the demo tape and never take the credit and never get the credit he's just like here's some dope shit you need to go fuck with this guy and the A&R guy sitting in his office eating his, you know, kale salad was like, all right, cool. Yo, I'll go have a meeting with him. Or I'll go check him out at the show, all right? Let me just make sure it's okay with my wife and my baby. You know, like these, you know, this is not the life that they live. They were fucking with a DJ. Right. When an MC was in there rapping and doing his thing, there would be a DJ in the in the studio. And they would be like, yo, how was that? Was that shit tight? And the DJ would be like, nah, you could do it better. Mm. Or the DJ would pick the beats for the group. Can you imagine what Pete Rock and CL Smooth would have sounded like without Pete Rock? Right. Can you imagine what Nas's first album would have been like if DJ Premier didn't have any influence in it or Pete Rock wasn't involved in it? I, I could. You can't. Those I, are DJs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Every like, just just think about that. You know what? What is what is Will Smith? without Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. You talk about a, a DJ that launched a career. Right. I mean, this, these guys were, you know, selling out stadiums before this this Will Smith was even a, a, Actor. a blip on the radar. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And not to say that he owes everything to Jeff, not in the least bit, but I'm just saying there was a DJ always attached to somebody that was doing something. A DJ was in the forefront, you know? And I always talk about this shit, you know? But... um you know, it's like I feel like it has become over glorified to the point where it's like it's not even cool to be. I don't even tell people I'm a DJ. I try to I try to avoid that at all costs. If I'm like at a bar or just socializing or at a party or at a grocery store and people are asking me like, "Oh, what do you do?" You know, as what happened in conversation. Oh, you know, I'm a, I produce music. You know, I, I I you know I teach music courses at a school. You know, because I don't want to go down the whole road and explain myself and say I'm a hip hop DJ. No, no, but but wait, wait, wait. I, I'm one of the good ones. I'm one of I'm one of those guys that does Asterix. real music. You, you you really like it. No, no, don't walk away. Don't don't don't. I, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm really a cool DJ. You know, because all they have is this image of I don't know if you saw SNL recently. They did this skit called Da Vinci, and it's about exactly what we're talking about: the over glorification of DJs. You know, they built them up as like an Avicii or you know whatever a Calvin Harris, the guy that's up there doing all this crazy antics, you know, playing with lights, doing all stuff. It's the biggest spoof on a DJ that I've ever seen because it's at that point. It's just so overly ridiculous when it's looked at by the culture. Oh, you're a DJ? Oh, God. Don't let me tell somebody I teach at a DJ school. It's like, they're going to be like, 
There's a school for DJing. Come on, dog. <laughs> I have, I, Get the fuck out of here. This is the image that I think it's painted now as a DJ, right? It's a guy that comes with his, uh, that comes with his computer, comes with his laptop, right? Pre Playlist preset. Oh, today's a quinceanera. All right, let me find the quinceanera. Okay. <laughs> let me play that. Boom, good. I'm going to stand here and move a bunch of knobs and make it sound good. And like, yeah. And then DJ, boom, 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 play. So they're like, yeah, okay. That's DJs. Now. Right. You're right. dead on. You're dead <laughs> on. And that's what we stop as soon as somebody comes in the door at the Scratch Academy. You know, and they do it in New York, Atlanta, Chicago, you know. So we got different chapters of the Scratch yeah, Academy. Yeah, it's all over the place, man. Okay. So, you know, and, um, you know, every every different everyone has their own techniques and their own curriculum that they revamp for that market, you know, however they want, but it's all based off of this, these, these fundamentals, you know, the one-on-one classes are the same everywhere. You know, when you walk in that door, you're, you're given these same skill set as New York would get. Yeah, the or, curriculum is the same on all of them, but they, the, I think the difference would come on who's teaching the class. Right? That's exactly the, this. That's it. You know, Rob Swift teaches the scratching class at the, the one in New York. I mean, do I really need to say more? You right, know, yeah. Rob Swift That's is teaching it. a scratch class. I mean, that should say, tell you the caliber, you know, where you're at. Okay, as as a DJ. Now, let's get a little more, a little more personal because I, I, okay. there's certain things that I've always wondered uh, about you in particular, Premier right. in particular, and, and, and what it is is this. Okay, so Premier had uh, Guru. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it seemed Guru was, I mean, aside from what Guru contributed to, mm-hmm. Premier was still the DJ for Guru, mm-hmm. right? From, from an outsider's perspective. I'm right. sure from the industry, everyone knew how much he really did. But from a listener's point of view, Guru's the voice, he's the prim, he's the front man and everything. Mm-hmm. What is there a sense of, I don't want to say jealousy, but a sense of like, hey, I'm here too. Hey, listen. Hey, he didn't do him. Like, is is that something that you ever dealt with or did you understand your the, how important your place was even though it was kind of like a backseat? No, I mean, I never really had that kind of, like, those situations. And and I can tell you, you know, just from knowing Premier as well as I know him, that it was the the opposite way as to what you're you're saying, you know. Um, You know, I I wouldn't speak for him by any means, but, you know, just in conversations, you know, through the years, it's like, this is a guy that, you know, um, would, you know, Guru would be all pissed off because Premier was doing so much work for other people. Mm. And Premier was getting such a big spotlight put on him. You know, he's working with the biggest, hottest artists, Jay-Z, Biggie, well, you name it. He Premier was right there in the mix right. all day long. Right. You know, so Premier never, and he's not that kind of guy anyway, you know? Okay. So, so I, do you think that's what it is, though? That that that, that there's not, he because the he, okay, him in particular is not that dude to be jealous or to be kind of bitter or stuff like that. Now, are you asking, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, are you asking about something specific? Are you asking about the wake-up show or are you asking about just in, in general? Okay, because you work with many artists, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know you to be this certain, this specific artist DJ. Right, there's a there's there's a, a, a calculated purpose to that. Okay, so the, so yes, per, DJ Revolution is not a certain artist exclusive DJ. Absolutely. Actually, I'm my own not, brand. You're your own thing. Okay. I'm my own thing and okay. everybody that goes around and talks about and, and my name comes out their mouth, 
I'm only part of the wake up show. That's about the only crew that I've ever been down with. Right. And when I was with that crew, and I'm still with that crew, you know, we still do our thing. Yeah. I know my place. I know my role. I know my. I'm, I'm on a team, a winning team, a legacy team. You know, and I can't get in 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 a situation where I'm like I'm bigger than this. And look at Sway. I mean, Sway's a, a fucking superstar. You know, but yo, Sway will get down and do a, the dirtiest wake up show you ever heard in your life. It'll be the grimiest, most fun thing. I mean, we still do it. You know, I think, so. Oh. And I'm gonna just because I have to, I have to touch base with the audience. Is when uh, Kanye kind of got a little, a little wild. Yeah, a little. And, and Sway was like, "Dude, we could take these headphones off right, right now. Like, shut your." To me, it was like, "Yes, that's just Sway, Sway you know? with L.A. hood on." I'm like, "That's well, you know, good." Sway's Sway's from Oakland, so yeah. you know, he, you know, he, he and uh, you know, that just kind of came out, you know because he just had an, all he could take, you know? Right. Um, but again, you know, these are people, That's that just shows you the realness of it all. Like, we'll drop all this shit in a second because, like, you know, this is a passion and it can't get polluted. You know, right. I can't have, like, I'm not going to sit there and um, eat shit on, on somebody else's account, you know, because they're acting a little crazy. Right. You know, if you start wilding out on me right now, you're like, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and take it, no matter <laughs> who you are. I don't right. give a fuck if you're Howard Stern, you yeah. know, or, or I need this more than anything. Uh, you know, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think that I got with the show because it fit, because I wasn't going to be attached to one artist. I was attached to something bigger than all three of us put together. Right. The show was bigger than all three of us. It's always been bigger than all three of us, you know? So I can't sit there and be like, oh, I'm the DJ. I play the music. Oh, I made the intros. I did this. I, whatever. It's the show. And everybody loves the show. Artists' careers get launched. You know, people have a good time. It's it's turned into this, you know, this snowballed effect, and it's gone down in hip-hop history. So, but I know my place. I knew my place when I walked in the door. I'm going to be in the DJ booth. Mm-hmm. That's where I wanted to be. I was the DJ, you know? So, and I never, I, people over the years have always asked me, yo, you come on the road with me or be my DJ. You want to well, get with this group, be with this crew. No, uh-uh. Because every single time, like, I, I, I want this to be my shit. I'll get down with you on a project and we'll do an album. We'll do a mixtape. We'll do whatever. We'll, I'll do cuts on your shit. I'll do beats with you. I'll go on a row with you for, you know, a, a quick tour or whatever and we'll, we'll do that. But I'm, I cannot be, because as it happens, it's it's been like that for other artists. People, oh, that's so-and-so's DJ. Yeah. Oh, that's so-and-so's DJ. Oh, you, you oh, you mean that guy that gets D, that's DJing for? And now that shit is so irrelevant because these artists don't even care about their DJs anymore. You know, push like, to the side. Go yeah, on. like you're, you're lucky if you even get a light on you on stage or a mention out of the, the the artist. So I never wanted that. I wanted me to be me. I practiced so long, gave up so much, and devoted an intense amount of my life to what I do. I'm not sharing that with anybody, mm. you know, if, you know, this artist gets so big and then all of a sudden, you know, that this gets blown out of proportion, you know, what happened, what happens, you know, okay, cool. You're done. All right, cool. Then, then what now, now where am I at? Yeah. I'm so-and-so's DJ. And then when so-and-so falls off and he's no longer relevant, what the, f where are you at? What happens to you? You know, I, when the show, man, the show has been on so many different stations and we were on the air, off the air, on the air. I was always good, no matter what. I was always touring. I was always making records as Revolution, as my own brand. I was doing mixtapes, doing cuts in the studio, whatever. 
perfecting my craft. I never had a worry because I built my own off the radio. That's one thing I used to always tell all these radio DJs, man. Once you get on the on the radio, bro, it's just do your job. They they pimping you. You got to get something back. Even the hoe gets money. You know what I'm saying? Like even a, even a trick on the street yeah. is getting a little bit of cheese, man. She's getting dogged out, beat up, drugged, all that. Yo, but at the end of the day, she make hopefully she's making a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or or somebody doing something for someone else is always getting compensated in some way. These radio stations and these conglomerations are just pimping these guys, and they didn't realize it. And then when the, their station went, they fell off. They fell off with it, and now they disappeared. You know, so it's all about. Building your brand off the radio, building your brand outside of a group if you're part of a group, building your name for yourself. And that's what it was always about for me. You know, people always still ask me, like, yo, can I come by your house and, and uh, let's have a, a scratch session? Let's get up and cut. Let's do that. Hell no. Because you're not coming in and learning watching me. I'm not, I, I'm not going to, because you'll, you'll take my influence and I'll take your influence. And then we got this whole concoction going on. Yeah. I'm going to stay pure, stay, stay to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I am who I am on the turntables. DJ Revolution on the cut. Greatest of time. On bass. Bobby Ross on the keys. Kids on the drum machine. You are now fucking with the best. Fucking with the best. You You are now fucking with the best. Wake up, Joe. You can't have to get nuts. Oh! Hey, P's in the zone. He's like, I ain't stopping this track. Go ahead, man. Drummer's going nuts. Give the drummer some. Go ahead, AP. It's your show, man. Like he's battling red right now. Go ahead, Rev. Give it to him, man. Don't let him. Don't take that, brother. Go go all night, Slay. We don't, we don't, you gotta put a stop to this, man.
I'm feeling this uh, this mastery uh, uh, level coming off of you, Rev. Like I didn't, not that I didn't expect it. I just didn't. Now that it's live, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot to take in. Okay, yeah. There's 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 so much knowledge coming at you, and I can tell that it's not like a well. No, let me. No, it's not a question thing. It's like, look, this is the way it is, and I'm explaining to you. I'm yeah. breaking it down and stuff like that. I'm I'm old, man. I I, I have a lot of time to think, man. Hey, hey I'm so for that because a lot of plane rides and shit. I, I approach conversations on a way of like, okay, not not let me wait till this fool stops talking so I can say something. It's maybe he knows something that I don't know, mm. so let me learn, teach mm. me something, and that's with every artist, from the smallest artist to people who have been. 20, 30 years in right. the game, I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, please, keep continuing, keep talking, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, I think it's important to know that there is a future in hip-hop if you're devoted to it and um, decide to to benefit equally by giving and taking. Because a lot of MCs that are coming up now are like, how can I get rich the soonest, the fastest, the, the quickest? How can I do that? And none of them are really like, how can we contribute? How can we change it? How can we yeah. advance it? How, are we, how is the best? What's going to be best for hip-hop and for me to get that little money in my pocket, but be able to produce a legend name or continue right. a legacy down the line? You know? <clears throat> yeah, it's hard, man. No, I bet. I, be, I bet it's difficult. So as a DJ, okay, who, who I feel is kind of like you said, uh, not mistreated. Well, I guess maybe maybe nowadays mistreated, pushed aside, not not really that. What is it like for a new DJ coming up? You think? Um, it's difficult, you know, and it's it's difficult in many ways. You know, I feel like if you're just starting out and you, the disparity between where you're at and where you want to be is monumental. Like that's it wasn't the case for me when I was coming up. Which I was gonna say was for you, it was kind of like blind because there was there was no DJ revolution before you. No, right. and there was no super incredibly crazy successful DJ by themselves. Like there was this DJ that's that to me there was like Grandmaster Flash who had attained this level of success. Then when Jeff started blowing up, it was like okay, oh shit, that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? And now that the the roads have been paved, they, there is a DJ revolution coming to these new kids who just bought the tables. Right. So now they're like. Oh man, like what? Are, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? To you, you were building that road, right? See what I'm saying? So they're still not sure which way this is headed, what they're gonna encounter. You were building those encounters. You were you were kind of establishing what they're doing now. Well, I mean, th- this thing is is a little bigger than just that one question because you know you have so many different types of DJs now. When I was coming up, there wasn't that many types of DJs because the type of DJing that we did was completely unique to hip hop. Right. It was only hip. It wasn't in R and B. It wasn't in EDM. You couldn't really go to a lot of clubs and see people do what we do, which is a performance art. You know, uh, it's not like, um, you know, I mean, I, I, there, like you said, there was no outlet. I had to study hard and learn myself. All I had was what was available to me through buying records and maybe looking at like young TV raps every now and then, reading the magazines, listening to mixtapes and shit, going to New York City, you know, listening to Red Alert and all those guys checking out Dre and everybody doing their things from like swap me tapes and shit. That's all we had. I had nowhere else to go. So, and for me, I'm like, oh, that's what these cats are doing. Yo, I know how to do that. I'll, okay, cool. I can do that. Because I'd started this thing. And I could see where they're at. I'm like, yo, I never once in my head thought I could never do that. I never I never thought to myself I would never be there. I always knew when I started, I'm going to be there one day. 
I'm going to definitely be where Jazzy Jeff is at on that level. I'm definitely going to be where DJ Scratch is or whoever. I'm definitely going to be doing this. There's nothing that's going to stop me from that. Why is it impossible for me to reach that goal? It's not. And and, the, and I think the, the difference now is that you've added money and fame and industry and all this other shit to the mix that wasn't there when I was coming up. For me, I just wanted everybody in the world to know I'm fucking dope. That's it. That's all I ever really wanted, but I wanted to do that through uh, certain mediums like records and radio and all that shit, you know? So, Was, was hip-hop... Was hip hop always um, accepted in your world? Was it always a thing, or did you have to struggle to kind of gain that acceptance from like your family and your friends? Well, yeah, my, I mean, my family never really fuck with it. You know, my, the funny thing is, is that my grandfather, you know, he's the one who taught me how to do all the stuff with uh, like actually hooking up all the shit. I was I was a bored kid getting into trouble. You know, my mom sent me to live with my grandparents, and then when I was like, you know, t- uh, whatever, eleven or twelve. You know, my grandfather was like, oh, he's going to be a handful for us, too. Yeah. So let me give him a hobby. So we went in his attic and he pulled down a couple of old, fucked up, beat up turntables, uh, built me a mixer from scratch with only knobs on it. Right. And he showed me how to use it. He showed me how to hook it up. He told me what everything did. He told me how to signal flow from the needle to the mixer and blah, blah, how blah. How did he get that knowledge? He was um, an electrician by trade as a young person, but he was a master electrician by the time he finished. Like you a know? journeyman level. Yeah, like an, an engineer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like unbelievably intelligent, you know, you know, MIT graduate, blah, 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 you know, very, very intelligent person. Um, and so he was able to teach me that. And um, little did he know he was creating the, the, his worst nightmare. You know, <laughs> this is this old white dude li- yeah. growing up and uh, living in New Hampshire, you know, probably had never but one black friend in yeah. his whole life. You know, here I am like, oh, thanks, Gramps, for the knowledge. Guess what? I'm going to go hang out with a bunch of black and Puerto Rican people now. And I'm going to play the worst music you ever heard in your life at high volumes all the time. Did Grabs get to hear hip-hop? Um, You know, I don't know if he ever did, man, because, you know, he he died when he was like 85. And, um, you know, I don't know if he actually really was caring that much at that point. He just knew that, oh, fuck, I just I made a mistake. I shouldn't right. have never taught him how to DJ. Right. Because, this, I mean, it was I was off and running, man. As soon as he taught me how to do it, I did my uncle's wedding when I was, like, 13. I could barely even stand over the tables right. to look, but I hooked all the equipment up. I was doing all that. But I was only <laughs> playing records. Like, <clears throat> when yeah. I was 13, like you were saying, hip-hop was not accepted. It barely had made it out of the inner city. So man. what years are we talking here? <clears throat> Let's see. Um, I think, man, this is probably 80, 82 or 80, no, 80, 83 or 84. I was so, young, man. You and know, like was 10 or 11. very young still. Yeah, I was 10 or 11, oh, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I barely even knew what the shit was. I barely discovered it. I wasn't even playing hip hop. I was playing pop music, Madonna and Van Halen. Do you and all remember that your shit. first hip hop? Uh, album or your first hip hop wax that you, you like first hip hop yeah the first hip hop wax that I bought was a 12 inch and it was the show Dougie yeah. Fresh Lottie Dottie you know uh, you know paid whatever the standard was four ninety nine. I bought it at the mall though you know record store you right. know um but I was buying all kinds of shit. I was selling mixtapes before I even knew what they really were. My sixth grade class would ask me because they knew I would go every week to, with my little shitty allowance to the bookstore and, and the basement. Um, they had a, a record store and I would buy all the 45s up because they were cheap. Right. But that meant I was because, you know, you ask you if you ask a 10 year old or 11 year old, hey, can you get me um, all these songs, put them on a tape and then give it to me? Yeah. 
Are you? Do you think that you're going to get a good result from that from your average ten or eleven year old? But now or then? No, then. No, then. Oh, absolutely. No internet. Yeah. No nothing. Now it's just like let me YouTube that mix because I know it's already out. Right, but even then, yeah, you're asking a lot out of a ten or eleven oh, year old. Oh, absolutely. That's so, a lot of discipline, a lot of time. The kids. Gonna so spend. I actually had to go down. I had to ride my bike into town, go there, buy my shit. I had to know what to buy. I had to know the artist. I had to know the name. I had to. From sometimes I had to know the label. Yeah. I had to have the money to. Buy Buy it. I had to take it home, have the equipment to play it on, have the equipment to record it on, and then have a tape, and then give it to that person, and have them be like, oh, wow, thanks, man. I was doing that when I was in sixth grade, before it was even, like, mixtape season in hip-hop, you know? Yeah. So, and before, I, there was no hip-hop on those mixtapes. It was only pop and rock, you know? That's all my little white ass was exposed to, you know <laughs> right, what I'm saying? Yeah. I was growing up in, in, like, a serious white place, yeah. and, um... You know, but once I started getting into hip hop, I was like, oh my God, this is it, man. This is so it. So, what was it? Because, like you're saying, if your whole exposure is white, rock, pop, what was it about hip hop that said, whoa, what is this? Uh, it was the DJ. It was the DJ. So even then, your ear wasn't on the vocalist. It was on well, the on the scene. On well, the it was about the music about for me the because field. I'll tell you what, man. I even even at that age, I wanted to be what a DJ like because you know again, my grandfather took me to a college radio station when I was young, so he could let me see. I walked in. I'm ten or eleven or twelve or whatever, and I'm looking at. You know, thousands of dollars of equipment, a guy in there pressing all the buttons, making turntables start. He's talking on the mic like a cool guy. He's got some chicks in the background. Like, he's the man. Yeah. I was like, I want to be that guy. Huh. Before there was any like any music involved, I'm like, I don't even care about the music. I want to be that guy. That guy's cool, right? So, you know, you add good music into the mix, I'm even more enticed. And then it just so happens that I'm a, I'm a nerd at heart, like a tech nerd. I just love technological advancement and like learning how to operate it you know I always had the hottest devices oh, that's what DJs do mm-hmm. we're supposed to push that envelope right I was born to do this shit man there's no question about it um, so you know when, when you get down to brass tacks it's like you know I'm pushing buttons and doing all this stuff and then all of a sudden I hear like Grandmaster Flash come along and he's rubbing the record and making the record make a scratch that's on another record so wait, somebody recorded another person's record on a record and they're scratching it and mixing it with another record? Mind fucking blown. <laughs> That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. So, I'll you know, you that. at that point I started doing all the research and you got to understand there's no internet. Like everything and there's no there's no YouTube. This shit is not on a radio. This is not on the TV. This is all physical. This was real. This was touch. You could feel it. You know where I had to go? I had to go to the record shops. Because I had to go to a bookstore where they had magazines about music. And good magazines, not shitty magazines. Like, I had to pick up, like, a real adult magazine like Rolling Stone to find out about Grandmaster Flash. Because even then, back then, they were making noise. Yeah. You know? Because what is this new hot thing that's... It's like It was like punk music, you know? Like, oh, what's this guy doing in the, the fucking Lower East Side, you know? It's the same thing. Oh, what's this guy? What, what are these hip-hop parties happening in the Bronx? You know, I'm like, so I'm finding out this knowledge the traditional way slowly it's like a slow drip yeah. now every you can just hey you want to learn about hip-hop bang wikipedia even though it's all bullshit you know it's like it's like, oh look at this youtube video look at this youtube video you look at this look at that look at that boom it's all in your face and you think you know about it it's like the matrix where keanu reeves sits back and gets his head plugged Jolted in with his juice and, and all of a sudden he <laughs> downloads kung fu yeah 
you know you can't just download <laughs> DJ you right, know like right, right. so I have this long experience with this shit and it starts with what you can do with the turntable it's all of a sudden it's an instrument like every my whole family was like why don't you play the violin why don't you play this why don't you no I'll, I'll scratch records this is it I need to buy a turntable. I need to buy a mixer. I need to do all this shit. And my mom is like, what the fuck? So DJ Revolution was meant to be. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, it's like in a parallel universe. It's, it's, and this is something that, you know, I tell a lot of people, um, not a lot of people, but a lot of my, you know, my, my friends, man, or even my family. Is it like, I believe that with the, 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 the talent and aptitude that I have for music, if I had applied that to another instrument, I would be... a a traveling of the world as one of the world's elite concert pianists or concert uh, violinists or whatever, playing first chair in a, in a philharmonic somewhere, just blowing people's minds, man. I'd be I'd be Yo Yo Ma somewhere, you know. I'd be Jimi Hendrix somewhere, or I'd be Miles Davis somewhere doing something, or, or you know, because that's just the passion that I put into it, and I love music so much. I would never compare myself to them, but I'm just saying, I, I feel like I would have attained that level no matter what. I would have chosen because I'm that hardcore with it. Whatever instrument you would have picked yeah, up, you would have been the best at that's that. That's how I channel my en- energy. That's how I survived. That's how I survived my childhood. That's how I survived my youth. That's how I growed. That I grew. That's how I learned. That's what made me escape real life when shit got rough. You know, it was like, oh, I had that. That was my, that was it. Is there any, have you ever given it any thought to what you would have been if your grandfather had made you that? that uh, mixer what would you be doing if if digital revolution did it never happen well that's what I said you know I I feel like it it falls in line with what I uh, just said I feel like I would have picked up an instrument I've always loved music and drums so definitely music would have music is no question Uh, there's no way that I would have um, not been heavily involved in music right you know and not the music business you know definitely not the music business I hate the music business um, usually I hate any type of business unless it's just putting money in my pocket. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really just like, I'm all about music. I'm about the art. I'm about, you know, if I wasn't music, it would have been, you know, drawing or writing, you know, I, I, you know, I write well, I love to write, you know, express my thoughts through writing. And so, you know, something where it was art involved, but for me, I think music would have been the only way to go. Right. You know, no. it's just... Absolutely. It's it, it just because, like you said, like it takes a lot for a 10-year-old to be able to do that. And I always feel that when something is meant to be, it finds its, wolf, its way to be easy to accomplish. Sometimes yeah, it just it, happens. It, ha- it just yeah. happens. Yeah. Because a lot of the times we try to force things, and that's what makes us unhappy. That we're trying to force this change to stay, or we're trying to force change to happen. When it, if you just let it occur, then what is supposed to happen will reveal itself and then... Exactly. You know, I, I, I found that out the hard way, even within DJing and within my career, you know, um, when you try to force something to happen, like you're saying, like, oh, I'm going to force my way into this scene and show all these whack motherfuckers how it's going to go down. That's when you, you start going up against yourself. You know, you're you're no longer going with the flow of things like the energy flow and that's what music is man like that's how it gets created the best music just happens on the spot you know one guy comes in does that the next guy comes in does that and it just all happens and boom you got a, a Michael Jackson thriller Chatter. you know yeah. or like it's just amazing it's the way that it happens so like when the minute you start saying I'm gonna try and change everything 
doing this and and you know I'm gonna fight like man fighting is just you know that's for you know when you're when you're young and you got that fight and you you're, you're going at it only from the fight mentality that's one thing but when you're old and you're already inside this whatever it is you shouldn't be fighting it you've made it in yeah find a way to 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 maneuver yourself into a better position don't fight it you can't like it's like if you get drafted as an NBA or NFL or whatever you've made it in don't start like you know trying to fight to trying to change the rules yeah like, like it's, it's, it's yeah. already in you're in yeah. put yourself in a better position do things to better position yourself for moves in the future you know don't you got to let it happen. Right. You know, you can't force, like, like you said, and you got to go. And that's what you've done yeah. in your career, right? I've tried, That's yeah. what I've seen. That's what I've seen happen. You're, you're like you said, uh, uh, Premier is a perfect example of someone, like, who started off with the crew, but like you said, didn't let that be his define. Like, that didn't define Premier. Was, okay, yeah, I'm with, I am the gangster, but I'm also Nas, and I'm also this, and I'm also that. So, it, it kind of, because when you do that, when you do what you're saying, it, it collapses you into this one thing. Yeah, and then everybody starts to realize too, you know, and that, you know, your perception gets, the perception of you gets changed. You know, people start to see you trying to like, ah, because it's the music business again, this is an industry, you know, and we're all DJs and we're, no matter what, all these guys, the guys that are working now, nobody wants to be um, on anyone's bad side. Everyone's, everyone's friend. Right. There's no enemies. There's no like, and and that's that's bullshit to me. And so when I come in and I'm, you know, like me and, and people like myself, um, you know, who speak their minds and are openly opposed to this or you know express their opinions, man, you know, we get put in this box, um, and it's not a good box to be in sometimes, you know, uh, because everyone likes to be everyone else's friends, so everyone could just. It's like knowing that you're you're we're all just one big dysfunctional family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone knows, like okay, Uncle Jimmy's an alcoholic. There's my cousin's a slut. You know, like this, and, and when you don't say anything about it. Yeah. You just let them be a slut and an alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? Like let no, them. I know this guy sucks and he's taking money from that promoter and this and that. And what am I gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Is that so. something you think you picked up from doing the Wake Up Show? Because you had to work with so many different people, so many different uh, personalities and, and, and tempers. And, did a, oh, oh, you know, a lot of the times, uh, these are people you would see on a regular basis. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you picked up there? Did you already go on understanding that, okay, I can't be friends with everyone? Well, I started picking it up there. You know, I got a major crash course education when I started working there, you know, because Swain and Tech were already, you know, in the, in the game already. So um, they had a lot of knowledge to drop on me, and I, I soaked it up as best as I could. Uh, but the other stuff that we're talking about, man, I feel like I, I picked that up slowly along the way when I started to branch out and do other things like be a, a touring DJ and mm -hmm. a working DJ in other markets and have these people that were my friends and also comp competitors. You know, these are my this is my competition. Uh, some more friend than competition and vice versa yeah so now like I'm, I'm looking at a lot of things from a different perspective and i'm seeing like okay he's getting booked why why is he getting booked does he know this guy boom 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 and it's this long chain of events that lead to me not getting this job or whatever it is and so you know i just I, you have to you got to take it all with a grain of salt and like when i i feel like when i 
step into the situation and people realize like I'm either in the room or I'm involved in a conversation, they, they, they it kind of throws a monkey wrench into it because they know I'm going to keep it 100% real all yeah. the time. Some people can't even look me in the eye, bro. Yeah. You know, like they won't even look me in the eye because they know, like they know I know. You know what I'm saying? They know I know. God, the, this knows. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and they know, like, if the, like, if, I don't talk. If you want to go down, you want to Like, it's like, yo, and that and that, that kind of sucks. You yeah, know? that because, does suck. But I know, in the end of the day, I'm not playing their game, right? Which is a good and bad thing because I get respected on one side and you know looked at as a hater on the other side, and and that's fine with me. I, you know, I like I said, I own my position in this industry. You know, but. Um, you know, it's just it's a certain thing you got to deal with, and and the and the bottom line is, I think if you've been in the game for twenty years, and you haven't made any enemies, man, you're not you, doing something. You're right. not doing it right, man. <laughs> that means you're not even a person. You're not even a, like what person, what human being goes through life without in general someone without off. making an enemy. <laughs> Without making somebody that would do you dirty, without without making somebody into someone that I mean, there's one thing about being a stand up person, but even the best person has enemies. Have you ever seen the movie American Gangster? Yeah, of course. Okay, remember that scene where Denzel uh, goes to get something to eat with his wife, and they shoot at the car. Yeah, and he gets really mad at the dude, and he's like, "You promised me peace of mind," and, uh, and yeah. the dude tells him, "You don't want enemies, Frank. Then don't be successful." Right, exactly. Then, then don't be successful if you don't want enemies, right? That's really it. I mean, and you know, and I'm a victim of that. Like I'm I'm no question guilty of looking at someone who I feel like I can't say doesn't deserve because really deserve has nothing to do with success. Um but I'm guilty of looking at someone and being like, "You know what, man? That is fucked up." Because I remember this person when that person was like doing this and doing that and all of a sudden they abandon it and now they're doing this and they've attained this level of success or or like, man, this person sucks, but he's up there on the top billing on a flyer getting X amount of cheese and all of a sudden he's faking a funk and he's wearing these funny clothes. He's not down with hip hop no more. He doesn't fuck with hip hop artists. I never see him at hip hop parties. And I'm always, I got this little bit of, it's not really salt, but it's like, you know, I feel like a certain way about it and I got to take a step back like yo man I can't be doing that shit anymore I got to just do myself but at the end of the day you're still a fan you know what I'm saying and as a fan you should be able to judge and be like no 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 no. this is not the way it was and this is not how you presented this is now where are the roots where's the realism where's the you should be able despite how much you've done that's my personal opinion yeah I mean well it depends on whether you're looking at it strictly from a fan perspective or this is a person that I know ah, okay. you know because I'm, I might be talking about this person as someone that I've known you know yeah, so, so having getting into that having into that and then we'll, we'll got a couple things we got a couple segments I want to make sure I touch base with you but is there an MC on the wake up show that came through that you did not expect to be how where they are now like was it someone that really surprised you like whoa this kid really grew as an artist really did blow up from when he first started yeah i mean the biggest one would have to be eminem right you know when he first came through like nobody expected him to do what he did and then okay after a while when he came through like five or six times we're like damn this kid is gonna this this kid's gonna go you knew no he, question. he had something special that fire is gonna ignite big time but i had no that he would turn i had no idea that he would turn into such an artist because and and with a a unique perspective on how he made his music and what he did. And then, you know, we went on to make uh, eight mile and, you know, involve all these other artists. I had no idea that it, it would become 
so deep. Yeah. Because all this kid wanted to do was wrap his fucking ass off. You could see it in his eyes, man. He'd be in the back of the room looking at everybody else rapping like, yo, I can't wait till it's my turn. Like, I'm ready to go. And then you pass it to him, and he's just like this. This he just like this machine, this rapping machine. Yeah, there's that story that he uh, went in there, right? And uh, well, how many hours was it that he was in there for? Was it like ten or twelve? Nah, it like, wasn't ten or twelve. Th- that's hours. the legend. That's the legend that says nah. it. That like, well, oh, you, cre- you just created that legend, right? Did now. I? No, that, no. But M like was known to like one day went in there for like six or seven. Like went in there like. Killed it like all day. Like yeah, just, I mean, like, he, he didn't would leave and come back. He would leave and come back. Well, yeah, you know? obviously eat or whatever. You know, yeah, but. but I mean, you know, like th- this guy, you know, every time that he was there, it was, um, you know, it was amazing. And then, you know, okay, he got signed, and then, you know, my my name is came out, and then the real Slim Shady and all that yeah. other stuff, and we're just like, wow. And then, you know, he starts getting into this shit. He starts making the the stands, and he starts uh, making these records that really are showing off a lot of. Depth. So he he surprised you the level of artistry that he managed to reach. Exactly because you know this guy was just an MC animal. This guy was just like rapidy rap 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 rapidy rap all night long. Yeah. It's like that. Eminem. Eminem. Right. What? It's only fair to warn. I was born with a set of horns. A metaphor is attached to my dang umbilical cord. Warlord of rap, little bastard with a two by four board and smash into your Honda Accord with a four door Ford. But a more toy drive. But an acapella to chop a fella The mozzarella worse than a helicopter propeller Got you locked in a cellar with your skeleton showing Developing anorexia When I'm standing next to you Eating a full course meal Watching you starve to death With an IV in your vein Feeding you liquid Darvacet Full of drugs Full of plugs on the gunshot victims Full of bullet slugs Who were picked up in an ambulance and driven To receiving with the asses ripped out of their pants And given a less than 20% chance of living Have a possible placement as a hospital patient Storing their dead bodies in grandma's little basement. <laughs> Dr. Kevorkian has arrived to perform an autopsy on you while you scream, I'm still alive. Driving a rusty scalpel in through the top of your scalp. I'm pulling your Adam's apple out through your mouth. Better call the fire department. I've hired an arson to set fire to carpet and burn up your entire apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and getting on a more personal level, personal, more, uh, uh, give me the flip side of that. Is there an artist that you thought... <laughs> <laughs> or is it like just countless that you thought should be up here? Like, give me that one that you thought like, I'm really disappointed this kid didn't stick with it or like he didn't get to see this or he didn't get to reach that mm. for whatever reason. Man, you know, there I'm sure there is. And maybe in, in through talking it out, I'll, I'll figure it out. But I feel like there's so many artists that, that fit that description. Uh-huh. You know, guys that came through that were just like, God damn, man, that shit is amazing. Yeah. You know, look at cannabis, you know. I mean, Cannabis attained a legendary veteran MC status, but right. he never blew up to the potential that uh, we all thought he would. And, and also, he never attained the level of uh, success equal to his skill. Right. That rarely happens anyway, but someone like Eminem is. Well, Eminem know, a kind of managed to, to live with both. Well, right. Cannabis was really kind of. Okay, because it's a, not a secret. Everyone here, my crew, everyone knows I'm a cannabis fanatic i'm a cannabis fan i am from beginning to end i've loved cannabis always have okay and and that's the one thing i tell them is they don't understand the skill that this man possesses in the level that he's managed to take just rhymes right the 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 process of rhyming to which level he has arisen it 
Because yeah. it is fantastic what he's done. Like uh, some of the songs are just like so groundbreaking that people are like, oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't, yeah. want, no, 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 yeah. I don't want to hear that. But it's like, this is this is a man creating with a pencil and a pen and like giving you art. You might as well be a painter. You might as well paint something beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree in the sense that, you know, and to, you know, I, I've seen it at his rawest when he just came up there and I was just playing a beat and he was just rapping and it was one of the most amazing raps that I've ever heard period in my life, yeah. you know? Uh, and I saw it happen live right there and it's like... Cannabis is above the law. I make cops shit in their drawers. They won't even dispatch the call if my name is involved. Why you pray to Allah? Reading your Quran and your teachers are Muhammad. I'm in my crib studying thugonomics. Punks want to murder me. That's why my burgundy suburban be full of secret service security. Transporting me back and forth from the affirmative action university Your aircraft to take off and land vertically The fact that I ain't treated like a king is absurd to me From the streets of dirty Jersey to Germany Niggas hurting me Verbally murdering you thoroughly without effort I get drug tested before I can rhyme on the record Remarkable specimen with an audible weapon Processing lyrics in less than one one hundredth of a second Beef, bring it Bullets and barrel, spin it when you see that, you're just like, damn, this guy is easily at, at that level that's, that Eminem was at, you know? Yeah, but yeah. but this, this certain Politics things were working against him. Maybe he was working against himself. I don't know. You know, who knows? It, you can blame it on a million different things. I mean, that's just one example, but that's an even well... That's a more well-known example yeah, more well of that. Yeah, more well-documented, You know, um, but countless people go unseen and, and, you know, they come up and they become like, look at Planet Asia. This is a guy, that, to me, he's one of my top 10 if, of all time favorite MCs, man. It's easily. And, you know, like. Another dude just like you. Like, I just didn't want to interrupt. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, don't, I mean. Don't stop talking, please. Continue. Because this guy's, you know, the way he weaves his words, the image, everything, like the way he's uh, progressed in skill, you know. I, you know what can I say? I mean, this guy sh- should, you know. But certain things happen to certain people. Whatever. I don't even know. You know. But I, I, that that that's my man too. Yeah. You know. Like I, I I fuck with Asia heavy, but you know, like this guy. I think this guy should have been a millionaire. But you, you know? see, like having talked to him and like uh, as he was expressing himself, I could see that there is no level of resentment to what he's accomplished. No, there like, shouldn't. You be. know what he told me? He goes, dude. People say M and and moaning. Dude, hip hop is mine, bro. Like, trust me, dog. What I'm telling you, hip hop is mine. Like, I own this bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my shit. And I could, and I would disagree with. I would never disagree with Planet Asia on that statement. I'd be like, yeah, I would. If someone were to name it, I'd probably be Planet Asia. Would be it. Yeah. Just, just that what he's done and how long he's managed to keep that level of success and skill. Yeah, but we were always waiting for it to go to the next level. You feel what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. Like we were always like, "Yo, this." Of course, he's gonna be recognized, and of course, he can he can tour and keep putting out records and working with people, and it's gonna be amazing hip hop music yeah. that I love and I'm a fan of. I've been a fan of everything that he's put out, you know. Um, you know, and if I'm not like, you know, I run into bump into him on the street and he'll be like, "Yo, I just put this album out." Boom! Guess what I'm doing when I go home? Yeah. I'm gonna go buy that shit. Yeah. That's where I'm at with when it comes to that kind of of skill. Good. Uh, there's a couple segments that I want to touch base on before you leave. Uh, okay. But and I know this one is going to be very difficult for you to answer. I feel. Okay. okay. But I need DJ Revolution's top five musical influences of all time. Okay, top five musical influences of all time. I would say um, Quincy Jones would maybe it would likely be number one. Um, probably. Um, 
Premiere is uh, maybe maybe number two. Okay. Um, because Premiere has uh, kind of a twofold situation going on for me, DJ and producer. You know, of which I'm both. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, when I'm listening and looking at things that he's done in his career, you know, the reason that Scratch Hooks, for me, got taken to another level and the things that I'm able to do on a record exists in my mind because of listening to his blueprint. Right. You know, and also production. You know, I was listening and learning from him when I was coming up in this shit and I studied him like I would, you know, like a student. Right. So, probably, you know, he's probably number two. Um, man, that's a, that's a really tough question because after one and two, it really they all fall into the same category. Okay. Man. but I mean, I, you know, I could say, um, uh, musical instrument. You know what? Um, Bob James is a, is a big musical instrument uh, uh, influence of mine. You know, um, because of the, his contributions to so many different artists' albums. Mm-hmm. You know, his arrangements. I mean, it's really deep. This guy's discography is amazing. Uh, if you look at it and you listen to it, um, you know, I would say maybe um, to put it into a perspective and actually pinpoint it, I would say James Brown. Um, because James Brown, to me, was the the pinpoint. He was the top of the pyramid. that, And everything that came underneath James Brown was the JBs, Fred Wesley, you know, Maceo Park, all the all these things and then he set this tone, this blueprint um, for the, the, the funk movement to happen. And for me, hip hop is so funk influ- influenced and oh, yeah. such uh, it's such derivative of that that I would say that he would have to be a huge influence in me because he's influenced my ear. I, I when I when digging for records, I listen to records that Oh, that sounds like James Brown. Like when I was first starting, I'd be like, I, I need to go into a record store and find some shit that sounds like James yeah. Brown, but isn't James Brown. Right. Now that's influence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that that's a big influence for me. And you know, honestly, man, if we're not talking about exactly m- music to be specific, I would say Sway and Tech, you know, would be have to be up there, man, because like they're more than influence, man. They're, they're mentors to me, you know, um, even to this day. You know, the knowledge and, you know, the way they conduct themselves, you know, personally and professionally, you know, uh, it's it's inspiring that they're still maintaining that level of integrity, yeah, you know, the, the level of success that, and, uh, you know, celebrity that Sway has achieved is, you know, is amazing. But, you know, this is, this is like, you know, I've known this guy for 15 years, yeah. you know. Um, and watched him do what he does and you know we chop it up and I learn from the conversations that we have and it's great you know so those are heavy influences okay see those are respectable five I like them those are good All right. those are good but what's really more important to me and to everyone else I think is your bottom five because wow. your bottom five tell me a lot more about you than your top five you know what I'm saying in some ways they're like oh, okay and I really know what he how he he guides his music. How well, he, expl- he first you gotta it. you gotta explain the concept of a bottom five. <laughs> Your personal bottom five, where you think you have no business on the mic, no business on the tables. You oh, horrible, just like in it. But for some reason, they've attained that level of success to where you have to hear them or you know them. You know. Okay, now are we. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, you know, I'm not afraid of that question. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it, I can do that in the order, like, you know, number five, four, three, two, one. In a very particular no. order or in no order whatsoever? Yeah, because, I mean, you're going to hear DJs and producers and names, you know, like, I mean, it's it's like, um, it's it's like, again, you know, after one and two, <laughs> they all kind of fall into this category <laughs> yeah, of, sure. like, in between. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> but you know, as far as people that like MCs that don't belong on the mic, man, there's numerous. Um, you know, and DJs that don't belong on the turntables that that you know have achieved success, numerous, man. Like, um, I would have to think about it to really to really give you a name. I would have to weed through a lot of people, man. Some uh, people give me like entire genres. They're like, dude, corridos, just. Out the door, bro. Like, out the door, bro. Yeah. Like, nah, reggaeton, out the door. That's not, that's not happening. Yeah, but you know what? I feel like I'm a little bit more um, to each their own. And, you know, if you, who's to say? I mean, I can't judge on that level. I certainly can only judge on a person's skill and talent and whether they've, uh, they, uh, I can't, again, you can't say deserve. There is no deserve in this game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever it is they got through whatever means, it happened. You gotta let it happen. There's no deserve. Is there? You know? Is there a top five you could throw? You think a top or uh, uh, like the worst five of all time? Personally, in your relationship, like, cause, it, cause, see, like as we're talking, I can see that maybe like this, like, you know what? Yeah, dude, I'm. I can't believe that this person is this. Okay, that. all right. Well, I can't believe Steve, Steve Aoki is somebody. <laughs> okay. I can't believe that you know, and I have I don't you know I don't even know this guy you yeah. know, and you know I just know that he can't DJ, you know. This is, these are all facts, you know. Yeah. There's no there's no uh, emotion attached to any <laughs> yeah, of these statements, yeah. you know. You've asked me a question, and you know, and as a now, professional DJ, your professional opinion is that he cannot DJ. Right, he can't DJ. Okay. Um, he is. Everyone knows this guy's backstory. His father is the founder and owner of Benihana, oh. you know. So he was born with Money. a silver spoon. Right. You know, I'm not saying that that's you know he's had an easy life. Who knows? You know, I'm not guessing at that at all. I'm just saying whatever that means. Yeah. The end result is him still not being able to DJ. You know, like okay. and still, you know, he's got a record label. Um, and that's cool. Maybe he has a good ear. That doesn't mean you're a DJ. Yeah. You know, but he's attained a level of getting paid lots of money to be booked as a DJ. Right. Um, and he's only one example of that, you know, where I feel like this guy, and he could be the, the, the nicest nicest guy in the world. I shook his hand once. But you on, know, skills, but on skills, on skills-wise, that's your opinion. Skills and merit, you know, and what, <laughs> and, and what, you know, what I feel like your contribution has been like before you blew up. He blew up out of nowhere. Right. I mean, like, from nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, this guy's a thing. Why is he a thing? And, I, you know, you do your research and realize yeah. there is no why. <laughs> There's nothing there. Okay, I went there. I went so, there. Okay, let's, let's just keep it a two. And give me now, give me one from the MC realm. From the MC world, well, I mean, I would have to look in my my history books to really go through. Um, but I would say that maybe um, I, I'd have to look in, in more current state to find, you know, who well let's i mean i could list you five from this on the radio right now um you know future um doesn't you know meet my criteria you know for being on the radio um you know um yg doesn't meet my criteria for being somebody that's earned uh, that's that's reached a level of skill that that merits you a record deal right you know that's the thing like you, the people that paved the way before these people came onto the scene had to have this certain skill set. They had to be dope, and they had to be street verified dope musician, not dope 
person, not dope dope dealer, not dope hustler, not dope so-and-so from the, the street, you know. You had to be dope on the mic. You had to have dope music. Your shit had to be the dope. That's where the term comes from. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had to be the shit, and you had to get verified. When that A&R went back to your hood, or that A&R went back to the radio station that they heard your shit on, you got to have, they got to have answers. What's this guy about? Boom, boom, boom. Oh, uh, he really only got that one song. Because we'll keep it real. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that this guy's attained a level of success. That's great. Again, like I said, any way that you can hustle up uh, to make money in this world and give yourself a better life, yo, do it. See, you and know that's what, what I meant by your bottom five will tell us a lot more. Because to get a certain five, you know, I'm with you. But to attain the level of bottom five also, you have to meet a certain criteria and and fit in a certain category. Yeah, you got to have nothing going on. <laughs> so you got to have literally nothing going on. You got no lyrics, no beat. Okay, another one. Okay, go ahead. I'm with it. DJ Mustard. Oh, oh DJ Mustard gotta be maybe right now in the current. Where if you're asking me this question right now, yeah. Mustard is definitely number one. Oh, definitely and, number so one. There's no question in my mind. He titles the name DJ. No, that you're kind of like, hey, nah. I mean, that's you know, that's a little. It's, a it's personal, like a little poke. It's a little poke. But yeah, yeah so many people have done that before yeah. that I don't really care. You know, um, you know, so many guys have that title in yeah. front of them that I don't really care. You know, like people talk shit about Khaled all the time about having DJ, but that yeah, that dude was in DMCs, man. Yeah. They, that they, yeah, you know, he used to cut it up. Yeah, I used to run into him at conventions, and you know, like uh, the dude been around. You yeah. know, he paid his dues. Right, I'm not fucking with him now on like a music level and right. what he's doing, but yo, I mean, at least there's that base of respect there yeah but you know mustard man another who just poof out of nowhere and listen to a uh, dude let me tell you his music is so simpleton that i use it in my 101 music production class <laughs> to teach people who know nothing about music yeah. and have no skill at making music on a computer yeah and i shit you not in in a matter of minutes, I've broken his song down, and they're following along, and they know, wow. okay, this song only has three notes, and it only has these elements going on, and I'm taking things off of my computer that's just stock in my production computer at, at the school, <laughs> and I'm making... It comes to your library. Song. It comes to your Pro Tools library. No, it's just, it's just like, it's so simple. Right, right. It's... Literally, my I hear my three year old play melodies oh. like that accidentally all the time. <laughs> accidentally all the time. You know what I'm saying? And he's making millions off this shit. Right, right. And that's that's what I love and hate about it. I love it that it can happen for somebody because yo, maybe maybe now his family's good. Maybe now his his personal situation is a lot better. Maybe now he'll actually take some of that money and learn to play a fucking instrument. Maybe he'll go do something else besides. You know, I mean, I don't even care if he if he keeps making the shit he's yeah. already made it it yeah. can't be unmade right. like the damage is already you can't unring that bell you know what I'm saying that's, that's already that's no already see wrong. I'm with it I'm with that's so, exactly I, I, what again these are about. not like you know this is just you know opinion and, and um but but it's all based in fact. Like I'm not joking you. How easy his music is <laughs> is made. You see, know? so that's uh, see now it's a level of respect now that I gain for people that are willing to share that. Because a lot of them are like, oh, I don't want to do bottom five, bro. Man, uh, you know why? Because on. like I was, it goes to what I was saying before. Everyone wants to be everyone else's friend. Now this is the last segment. Okay, you can go home, kick it, and right. go listen to DJ Yellow Mustard, Mustard and exactly. just chill and all that good stuff. Right? <laughs> you bump it in your car on your way home. <laughs> so. It's something I like to call 
12 rounds. So the okay. way it works, I'm going to ask you 12 questions. All right. Each more difficult than the last. If you answer all 12 questions honestly, you are the champion. You go home with the belt. Okay? Okay. If you cannot answer the question, or you will not answer the question, you will be knocked out. Okay. I win. You lose. Okay. Who's the champion <laughs> now? Is there a champion? Well, every every single uh, every single interview is oh, a new fight. Oh, it's a new game. Okay, it's gotcha. It's a new fight. So got it. Are you willing to play 12 rounds, DJ Revolution? Yeah, of course, man. Okay. Of course. Round number one. All right. What is your favorite part about your craft? The favorite part about my craft is that um, when I'm so in my zone, I completely, um, the rest of the world completely disappears when I'm doing what I'm doing. When I'm in my studio by myself doing what I alone can do on that turntable, you know, that's it. There, there's, that's it. That's the zone. That's the, that's it. There's nothing else. Yeah. Like everything else just disappears, you know, and I'm sure it's the same for other artists, you know, when they're doing their thing, when they're in the booth, that's why artists will stay in the, in the studio all night long. Cause that's, it, that's that feeling that high you can't get from anyone or anything else. Right. Round number two, what is your least favorite part about your craft? Uh, the business part about my craft, you know, managing my craft, uh, as a job, you know, having it be a job, um, is a hard transition. Round number three. If you could collaborate with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, let's see. My favorite person to collab with, it still would be Premier. Mm. Because, you know, again, it goes back to what I said. You know, um, this guy indirectly taught me so much and you know brought me so much good music that just fueled my life that you know a collaboration with him on my terms and his terms would be like you know even if no one ever heard it you know people have given me beats that they've rapped on with premiere producing it you know like hey you want to do cuts on this song and it's a premiere track and I've turned it down. I've been like, nah, this ain't the one. If I'm going to mm. do shit on Premiere shit, yeah. it's got to be his shit that or my shit. That hasn't happened? That, 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 nah, hey. because like, you know what? Like, It's no fault of Primo's. It's no fault of mine. You know, we talk all the time. And um, it's just, it's got to be right, man. I think it's going to you know, be something to me where I, I'm going to approach him and be like, this is it, man. This is the idea. But DJ Rev on the cut? This is like, not. Maybe not. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah. maybe I'm doing the beat. Maybe yeah. he's on the. I don't know. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's got to be. It's got to be something where it's an it's an epic collaboration. You know, it's like when I did the thing with Qbert on my album. You know, this is an epic collaboration. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I'm excited just thinking about it. I'm already yeah. just like, oh my god. Okay, uh, round number five. What are you most? Wait, is that where I'm at? No, no I think you're at round four. number four. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can skip the round. I'll take that bell if you, you, you're fucking up. <laughs> what are you? Round number four. What are you most proud of? <clears throat> I'm most proud of my son. Um, you know, I, you know, if you had asked me three years ago, it would have been a different answer. But you know, I'm most proud of my son because it 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 makes me proud of myself. You know, and there's not a lot of things in this world that can make you proud of yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm proud of what you do every day. You know, so you know when I inject knowledge into his brain and kind of guide him and or or fuck up you know and, and do the wrong thing it makes me you know reflect on things it's not as you get older and there's so much going on in your life man it's hard to find things that will make you stop and take stock of what you got going on he's a mirror 
is nothing but a mirror for me. And when I look at it, I better be right. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's it. So I'm proud that I can, you know, look at this mirror and be like, all right, cool. There's a few things I need to work on, but we, we going good. We're cool. So I'm proud of myself and my son because I think it's, it's kind of mutual. Round number five. What are you most ashamed of? What are you least proud of? You know, I'm I'm least proud of not being a person that spends more time working on themselves. You know, I got a like I have you um, some more weight or like, no whatever. working on you know working on um being a better um I don't know, just being a better person. You know, like I I feel like I spent so much time you know developing my craft you know uh, developing skills to make this my job and my life and uh, you know I go on tour and I leave my family all the time and I do all this and I do all that and you know sometimes they don't get the best of me you know what I'm saying and I haven't spent enough time working on how to make that better you know for everybody involved you know for my mom and all that you know like there's there's people involved in my life that you know get less of me than my job and my music and you're least proud of that yeah I'm least proud of that because I know it doesn't have to be that way I just haven't I haven't stopped you know what I'm saying like I haven't I, I, I feel like I'm the type of dude that I feel like if I let my foot off the accelerator the shit's just gonna stall out you know what I mean uh, Slug says uh, he won't let momentum slow down you know because like, if he lets that minute he lets it he knows he's not gonna continue to be who he's been right and there's always that mentality that someone else is gonna come up behind you and take your spot or eat your lunch and it's like you know well that might not be true um because of you know my skills you know these are not just skills you can just pop out of bed with you right, know um right. you know it may be true because of the business because there are ways to usurp somebody's spot without actually having the skill to do it so I understand anyway that. that's the answer to that question i'm with it i'm with it All round right. number six what is your biggest fear? Biggest fear is death. Is it dying or being mm, dead? Just being dead, man. Just dying, dead. I don't, you know, whatever. Pain is pain. Yeah. And, you know, It'll dying stop. dying is just, you know, dying would suck in a different way because you're looking at yourself dying and you're watching your you know, family and all this other stuff but come to an end. being dead. Being dead. I don't want to be dead. I'm afraid of that because, I, you know, you know, or maybe it is dying. I'm not sure. But I, right now, I, I would say death because I love life, man. You know, I love my life. Every day I wake up, look what I do every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I make music every day. I, I deal with music. I, I listen to records. I look at records. I make music. I stay up late at night and be banging shit all night in my, my, my headphones, making beats, doing all, learning new shit. I, that's my life. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, want that to, I don't want that to stop. Look, I mean, I got a beautiful wife and a whole family. Like, man, I don't want that to stop. That sucks. That is what I'm afraid of, of not having that exist anymore. You know, and then also of them not having whatever I contribute to that family unit and whatever their lives turn out to be. So, Without yeah, death. It's definitely death. Round number seven. Who would you take a bullet for? Um... Any one of my family members. Round number eight. Who would you let that bullet hit? I'm not saying you shoot someone. That's not what I'm saying. There's a bullet coming and you don't run in front of it. If I'm standing in front of DJ Mustard, (laughs) I'm not taking that bullet. (laughs) I'll be Keanu Reeves out there, motherfucker. Uh, Would your body shield? You don't want to do that. 
<laughs> nah, man. If someone's trying to someone's trying to do him up, man, yeah. you know, then it's not sweating it. No, nah, I mean, you know, seriously, man. Every situation is different, but I, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're asking, no, that's a good me, answer. You know, that's a good, we'll, we'll go with that one. That one's that's funny. Easy, yeah. <laughs> okay, round number nine. Who would you never, ever, ever work with? Who would you never work? with? Man, you know, it's funny. A lot of these questions uh, could be answered with the same answers as like, my bottom Steve five. Aoki. You know, like let's say Steve Aoki. Yeah. You, you would know? never work with that man. No, I don't know. You know, I can't say that. But I mean, if you know, if I if I come to be uh, misjudging someone, or yeah. you know, I, I've you know, I'm, I'm I'm man enough to own up to it. So in the end, I could never say never about working with with him. You know, but so is there and is there anyone that comes to mind? Someone that I would never work with. Um, man, I don't know. He's pretty high up on that list. I, I would have to okay. say that, you know. I will go with that yeah, one. Yeah, Steve Aoki is somebody I probably would never work with. Round number 10, down to the bottom three. You're doing okay. pretty good, but I, right. these are my these are my uppercuts. I think All I'm going right. to get you with this one. Round number 10, do you believe in God? No. You don't believe in God? No. That's easy. Okay. Okay. You want to elaborate on that or are you good? I mean, if you want to take it there, I no, mean, I'm I, just, you know, I'm just wondering I, you because know. people, I've never seen anyone answer that fast mm -hmm. on that side of the coin. Yeah. Usually it's always, oh, of course. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. But it never, no. Yeah. Like it's no. almost like you had a. No, that's easy. No, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's me. You've asked me a question that is a hundred percent based in fact, like, is the sky blue? Yes. Do you believe in God? No, I mean it, these are things that like are so concrete. the fact that the fact that you don't believe in God is a fact, but because you can't really say for a fact that He doesn't exist, it's not a factual thing. You can't factualize it. Well, I mean now you, you now you're opening up a conversation. Well, I'm just wondering. You know, okay, no. so are, is DJ Revolution atheist? Yes. Okay, I'm with that. Round eleven. What is your strongest insecurity? What are you most insecure about? I'm most insecure about. Um, a lot of things, but uh, I would say the most is that if, again, uh, going back to an earlier question, that if I stop the momentum, if I take my foot off that accelerator, I'll lose everything that I have. So if I if I take it back just a couple of notches, everything will just fall away. So I'm living on the edge like every day. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no job security for me. My job is my biggest insecurity, and I think that's what motivates me, and it's also, you know, um, my biggest cause of stress. But I've learned to to turn that stress into a different type of energy and create opportunities for myself, Yeah, you know, where it's like I can't just get bogged down like, fuck, man, this tour just got canceled. What am I going to do? I've learned through years of experience because I've I've turned it into a job to make something else pop up or another opportunity inevitably presents itself to me because you know the world of what you've done right of the world will somehow come back to me and say hey I want you to do this I can't or whatever. imagine you having to ask too hard for a spot no and that's the like, thing like that's why this job is so sweet because you know um I, you know, of course, I follow up and I chase things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm a hustler. I got a hustler. I don't eat. My rent doesn't get paid. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm not out there pounding the pavement, picking up the phone. Up, and, I'm I'm not out partying every night, trying to be everyone's drinking buddy, trying to get those jobs so I can work four or five club nights a week, like a lot of my peers and colleagues do. Because that's the, what they that's the route they've chosen to go. Yeah. I've chosen to go the route I started going. Mm -hmm. I never, I, I tried to, I, I, my, my man AM tried, he convinced me to go to the other side where, where that was all happening. Yeah. And that's when things started to go a little weird because I started to have to fight 
started to have to no, you know, I started to have to play this game that I didn't like playing. Yeah. So you know, again, I was like, man, fuck this. I'm going back to what I need to do, where I know I'm respected. I know I'm. I'm like, you know, all these dudes over here. They say they grew up listening to me. They say they grew up following hip hop. They say they're they're you know they're down for the cause and you you know they ride around bumping Wu Tang, but you know th- that's not the life they live. They're riding around talking this and doing that and it, and I can't get down like that. Like you know, Am was a true blue motherfucker, man, and that's why you know through conversations with him, he was like, "Yo, you should be getting some of this, man. You're fucking amazing. Like, yo, let's do some work together, you know." And then unfortunately, about a year later, he passed. And so that's when I started to be out there in this world without somebody to be like, yo, okay, this is what you should do in that situation or maybe I can help you or whatever. And I'm like, yo, fuck this. I'm going back to what I know I'm good at. So, you know, my biggest insecurity is my job. Last round. Round 12. You go home. You're good. You're the champion. You answer this right. All right. You fail to answer it. I win. Okay. And I get, I don't know what you got on with your shoes. You know, I, I just thought, got some shit. Some <laughs> oh, get that, get that watch. All right, I get no, that watch. <laughs> <laughs> Round 12, DJ Revolution. Why? Why DJ Revolution? Um, Because I'm a person who is constantly undergoing change. And um, Revolution. No, no, I didn't ask you why your name is DJ Revolution. Okay. That's not what I asked. Okay. What I asked was, why? Because I said so. Judges? They dig it. They went there. All right. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. What you, else can you say? That's exactly. You know, everyone's going to give me a different answer to that why, you know? And, uh, and that's just as good as any, I think. You know, I'm with it. I, I think I, an even better one would be, why not? That would be a better one, but I think because I said so is the way that that suits my personality better. Yeah, because you said so. Yeah, because because DJ Revolution says so. Yeah, you get it? You with it? All right, you're the champion. I'll take that, yeah. man. I'll take that. Thank you for that's coming. That's all through. I ever wanted to be, man. The champion. The champion here at Wake the Fuck <laughs> Up. I'm sure that's what he's been aiming for all these years. Uh, it's been a privilege. It's been an honor. It's been. Okay, so when you see someone, you think you know someone, right? You know their persona. You did. It's when they really get the chance to talk to them. Like you said, mm-hmm. okay, who they really are, it comes out when they talk and they maneuver and their ideas are fresh and they're not pre-written press answers. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, well, that's me, man. Yeah, I had All a beautiful day. time. Please Thanks, come brother. back. Yeah, anytime, man. I had a great, well, tomorrow then we're free. Right? <laughs> no, I had a great time. And, and bring your tables with you. I want to see you get down and grimy. Yo. You know what I'm saying? I'll pay for the gas, whatever it takes. I got to get those tables down. If you, put, if you bring tables in here, then I'll get down. Ah. I don't bring my tables out for anybody, man. Really? I don't bring tables okay. out the house. No don't more, make me man. do it. I'll do it. That's <laughs> not, not a thing, man. It's not really, it's not a thing, man. You know, um, you know, it's like, I don't bring tables like, you know, because it's just such a pain in the ass. No, I'll let you. You, you, know? You, you know, you shouldn't have to at this level, you know? We'll be more than happy to provide it. Yeah, you know, next time, I'll do it, man, for sure. There's thank no you so much no for coming through. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Oh, You're welcome back whenever you like. You got anything Thanks, you want to drop, we'll be more than happy to put your links up on the website, anything like that. For Big OZ, for <laughs> Fluent Rhythm, for the unnamed studio yet to be, for the new engineer, for these mics, for these new headphones that look pretty dope. I think I'm going to take home with me. You need for, to get another pair, though. Yeah. You, well, <laughs> well, you like these Dre beats or what? You with it? 
Nah, but uh, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, because you, you know. copy those? Nah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just, you know. That's a part. They're not mine. Take them. I'm gonna shit. Nah, no. it's all good, man. <laughs> for DJ Revolution in the fucking house. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. <sighs> this Word is up. Concept Seven One Four asking you, demanding that you help us wake the flock up. Yeah, man.